All right, one more time. Good morning, everyone. Thank you. I appreciate your energy. I'm excited about today's message. Uh, uh, not much backstory, guys. Um, I, I, I am a sermon junkie. I'm that guy. Uh, I listen to a lot of really good Bible teachers. And so maybe that's one of the reasons that, uh, I don't know. Um, in other words, what I'm trying to say is this. I, I, I listen to some folks that I know are, are lean this way or some folks that lean this way. And I believe that uh, maybe the goal sometimes in the kingdom is that we mature to the point where we can eat the meat and spit out the bones. You know what I'm talking about? There's some, you know what I'm saying? Some pastors are a little, little this or a little that, but one guy named Joseph Prince, um, he's a word of life guy, if that means anything to anybody. He sent me down a trail this week and it's been a wild ride. This is going to go so well with last week that it shocked me, Mike. <laughs> I got to the end of the message. I was like, oh, this is like part two. Uh, for those of y'all that weren't there, what did I call it last week? I said uh, Gandalf, God, and the Ten Commandments, right? How we all have this idea of big, angry, old white guy God. And my, I, where, was, where did that come from, right? We looked at the Ten Commandments. We actually found that it's a loving father who looks just like Jesus, if you really look at it, right? And then I was talking to my buddy Pete, as I always do. And we were talking about it. And let me ask you something really quickly, because this really bothered me yesterday. Does it ever bother you if people misrepresent you? Have you ever been misrepresented or misunderstood? Maybe even a reputation? Okay, now how much more would it bother you if someone misrepresented you to your kid? For example, let's say uh, I know a few divorced couples where mommy's talking smack about daddy and daddy's talking... That's terrible. Don't do that. Ever, never, never. Wouldn't that drive you nuts, right? You use the kid as a pawn. Don't do that, okay? If you need help, I have an office. We can talk about that. Kids are not to be pawns, okay? But how much, how, how terrible would that be if someone turns your kid against you, right? Can you see why maybe Father God doesn't want to be Gandalf God anymore in your mind? It's not who I am. Who taught you this? I, I'm a good, good father. I'm Abba Father, and yet... 90% of people come from systems where God was waiting with a whip behind his back and said, boom, because you broke that one, right? Now I see why we always circle back to this. And sometimes I feel like I'm a one-trick pony here. I'm singing one song, but about how the fact that it's not about religion, it's about relationship with Jesus Christ, right? I'm always saying that, and I'm finding new creative ways to say it, but man, it's the same tune. <laughs> but here's the funny thing. We still need it. And we still always jump back into this do, do not, this, this religion-y thing. So I did not give away my message because today I am pumped about this. We're going to do a little character study to a degree, okay? We're going to look at two beloved disciples. Y'all are going to love this. Number one, first thing we're going to do, jumping right into it, is we're going to look at a guy named Peter, okay? His name was Simon, of course. Jesus names him Peter. And his name, of course, means the rock. Everybody knows this, right? So he's called, he's a fisherman, he's called, he's a blue-collar guy, I love it. I relate to Peter, lots of people relate to Peter. Here's Peter, ready? Super high, super low. Super high, super low. Got a big mouth, you know what I mean? Could turn the air blue, probably with cuss, cuss words, right? Dude was like, dude was like a sailor, literally. <laughs> okay, that's Peter. Oh, I'm so brash and passionate, and I can, I can totally relate to that. I'm not your even keel guy. God has worked on my highs and lows to get me a little more steady throughout the years. So I relate to Peter. Let's look at, uh, let's look at him being called. Hi, everybody online. I'm not ignoring you. I promise. We love you. There you go. Look at you got your own little screen, people online. Uh, okay, so Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. We're in Matthew four eighteen. He saw two brothers, Simon, he later called Peter, and his brother Andrew, Simon and Andrew. They were casting a net in the lake because they were fishermen. And Jesus said this, come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. 
And at once they left their nets and followed him. Awesome, right? At once. Let's stay there. Left their nets and followed him. So there's the calling of Peter, right? Um, And what we're going to do next is we're going to look at a guy named John. John's name, uh, John means grace. Okay, that's what that means. Or grace of God. And so let's look at the calling of him. Yeah. Going from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, (laughs) preparing their nets. Apparently, they were also fishermen, or they were fishing that day. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. So very similar stories, right, guys? Two different guys, Peter and John. In fact, I didn't skip any verses. This is right there all together in the book of Matthew. And so this begins the story of these two people. So they spend three years with him. Now, here's where we biblify things. I just made that word up. I don't know if that's real, Brenda. <laughs> this is what we do, though. We, 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 we take the humanity out of these people, and we look like they're characters. This is not some, some movie, guys. These are real people, okay? Now, follow me. These two people, we're going to just focus on John and Peter, even though, again, they were both from two from sets of brothers, both fishermen, very similar, right? Here's what happened, though. Maddie, follow me on this one. They got to see him. They got to hear his voice. They knew there was something about him, obviously, because they dropped their livelihoods and with no promise of security, followed him. So what was it, guys? What was it? Was it the look in his eyes? You ever been around someone who just has gravity? Who just, you want to just listen to him talk? Can you imagine what he was like, you guys? Oh, oh, wait. And then a leper walks up and boom, miracle right in front of these fishermen. Whoa, whoa, dude, 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 dude. Did that, did he really just, I think he did. Oh my gosh. And so now we really want to hear what he has to say because he has command over nature. He walks on water, right? He heals a man born blind. They'd heard of blind people being healed, but never born blind. Peter, Petey, 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 come here. Bro, are you thinking what I'm thinking, bro? Is this dude Mashiach? Is he, is he the Messiah? He just healed that dude's eyes. What? I mean, did, like, did he, be, right? This is what we're talking Mike, when they sat behind a campfire, what did Jesus tell them? Did he talk to them about, you know, deoxyribonucleic acid? Did he, did, he, did he say, hey, he's DNA? You're made up of DNA? He could have, couldn't he? He could have said, hey, do you know what the rings of Saturn sound like? Do you know the rings of Saturn actually make sound? Oh, guys, go to YouTube today, please. They sing. I mean it. The rings of Saturn sing. Did you know that? It's a beautiful, beautiful tune. Oh, guys, y'all are so behind. <laughs> but Jesus could have done that, right? This is what we're talking about. Peter and John followed him. They looked in his eyes, Sharon. They, they, they touched him. You know what I mean? They, they, they saw the way the sunlight landed on his face, and they saw his hair blow in the wind. This is real. Three years of that. So that's the story, right? He heals, he teaches, and all this. So what kind of vibe did this, what kind of vibe did Jesus give off? So at the end of the three-year ministry, we see two different ways of relating to Christ. They started in the same spot, right? They hung out with them. Here's where our message ends today, or lies. So now they're at the Last Supper, the end of the ministry. You saw the beginning. Here's the end of the ministry and their time together. Here's Peter. We got two slides on this one. So Jesus told them, this is Matthew 26, this very night you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I'll strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I've risen, I'll go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. I tell you the, oh, I tell you the truth, Jesus answered. This very night before the rooster crows, you're going to disown me three times. Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the disciples, yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to go, Neville, 
<laughs> Never disown you. All the other disciples. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. So there's Peter at the end of three years. Get, get it? There's our snapshot. Still wild. Still passionately doing this thing. Okay. Let me see if I want to paste this out yet. Okay. Now let's look at John. Let's switch to John's, John's own gospel. Okay. John's own account. Let's see. Snapshot. Same night. After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and said this. I tell you the truth. One of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at each other. Uh, who, who's, who's he talking about, right? Next slide. One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. So Peter motioned to the disciple, yo, 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 ask him which one he means. Let's stay right there, Brian. <clears throat> ask him which one he means. So there's a few things going on here as I build this. You with me so far? This is good. I'm so, I know where it goes, so I'm, I'm giddy a little bit. So there's somebody reclining on Jesus. Here's what you need to know. They didn't have tables and chairs like this. They sat on the floor. And so they were always kind of in a reclining posture. It's not really comfortable to eat on the floor. Like if you're camping or something, it's a novelty, right? But nobody wants to make a living. But that's what they're doing. But there's one who reclines on Jesus, right? That speaks of serious intimacy, doesn't it? It speaks of serious brotherhood in this way. And also, do you know who it was that was leaning on Jesus? Go ahead. Yeah, they go. It was John. But, we, but it doesn't say his name, Bruce. Every time John refers to himself in his biography, he doesn't say me. He says, the one whom Jesus loved. Isn't that awesome? Now, how, how far into this do I want to go? Um, I think I'm going to just do this. I'm going to say this. Here's where we start. There are two ways that people choose to relate to God even to this day. We see it back here and now. What we see is the Peter way and we see the John way. And here's what I mean. You ready, ready, ready? You ready for my synopsis? Okay, ready? In Peter, when we look at the rock, we see a man who tries to relate to God out of his love for God. And in John, we see just someone who relates to God out of God's love for him. Good or what? Peter says, I will never. I love you so much, Jesus. I'll never do this. I can do this because I love you. And John goes, I'm the one that Jesus really loves. And in that love, I lean against him. And that's where the intimacy lies. And I got to do this again, guys. This is religion versus relationship right within the inner core. Am I wrong? Who were the guys that were always there? You got the, the mobs of people, the 12, and then you have the inner, the inner three, right? Peter, James, and John, right? Even in the inner three, you've got one who wants to earn it. I love you. I love you. I can do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to watch those movies. I'm not going to talk to that person, go that place. I'm not going to do any of that stuff, God, because I love you. And then there's John who goes, I am so loved. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted because you're condemned. I'm alive and well, and your spirit is in me because you died and rose again. The only eyes in there are the eyes receiving what Christ Jesus did. And how much, I mean... <laughs> I always wondered, and people say, well, John, that's awfully cocky. No, John got it. He received it. If you're going to come to the kingdom, you got to come like a child. Ask, have a present for my son and see if he even hesitates shredding that thing in your hands. Give me. He's not going to say, oh, golly, geez, no, I wasn't so good last week. I couldn't. Kids are like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Jesus offered John his love, and John went, yes, sir. And Peter went, yeah, yeah, no, no, we're, we're <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I deserve it, you know, because I love you too, right, right, yeah. That's today's culture, too. 
If you don't believe me, go to go to lunch afterward. What do I always say? Go to lunch afterward, especially men. Reach for the check. <laughs> there will be protesting. I promise. How hard is it to receive a gift? How countercultural? Can I tell you something? This is something that's pretty much owned exclusively to Western. Uh, capitalism slash democracy. Because if you actually grew up in a kingdom, you'd understand that the citizens of the kingdom are due the rights of the king. Outsiders are not. You just do. Get it? Do you get that? Citizens of the kingdom, of course we get the everything the king gives us. Outsiders, you come in, you don't get these rights. You don't have to like it. It's just the way it works. Because we are part of the kingdom. Kingdom people get it. Democracy tries to earn it. Capitalism tries to earn it. I'm not talking smack. I'm saying it's a unique challenge. Do you follow me? Okay, let's keep going. That was not even the big one. <clears throat> I'm ready. I am ready. I have a couple thoughts for this. I have a couple thoughts. So, yeah, I mean, this is, this is, this is, again, it's awesome. But So how does it go for them? How does it go for these two guys? Let's go back on there. Peter bails when things get hard. We know that, right? Relying on his love for Jesus fails him, does it not? Because he does exactly what Jesus says. No, I, I, I will do. I will try my best. I will bootstrap myself, pull myself up, and I will be faithful and loving to you, Lord Jesus. And he doesn't last a few hours. And can I tell you something? This is not yucky Peter. Peter is us. Do you understand that? He's no weaker than anybody in this room, is he? Let's not forget. I mean, uh, later on, he preaches one of the most well-received sermons in the history of mankind at the day of Pentecost. But... This is humanity. This is your best efforts cannot lead you there. I'm just going to throw one extra slide in for those of you who love to be Bible heavy. It's this. Blessed are those who, um, blessed are you who are poor in spirit. <clears throat> Yours is the kingdom of God. Poor in spirit means you have nothing to offer God. And the um, reliant on the alms of a beggar. We don't have anything to offer God. Your love for God won't last you two minutes. Right? So that, that's what happens to Peter. Now, John, on the other hand, let's fi finish the story. John's there in Jesus' worst moment, isn't he? He's standing right there. In fact, I'll prove it to you. Jesus says, mother, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. Taking care of Mary. You ever read that in the gospel? He looks down. He's, being, he's crucified. And he's going, hey, you, look after her, please. She's a woman in a patriarchal society. Look after her. Joseph's dead. And I, Jesus, am no longer going to be able to take care of her. John, will you? And you know what historians say? He did. Historians say he took care of her till, till she died. Yeah, it's true. She died, well, I don't know, whatever. I can't give you dates, so I don't want to. But she died after that, and she lived with John the whole time. And John, of course, well, anyway, don't get into that. But John was there. So John, relying on the love of Jesus, it puts, oh, ready for this? This is where, this is where uh, maybe a more Baptist preacher with a little guy in an organ would really take off, because I would say something like this. Relying on Jesus' love for you would do what it did for John, which is put John right in the center of God's will and ready to be used. Right? We're lying. Okay. Peter relying on himself. He missed it, didn't he? He missed, well, when he could have really been there for Jesus. When he could have really been of service, he fell away. But relying on, on his love for John put John right in the position to be used. And again, that would preach. So, is that the end of the story for Peter, guys? There we go. You know, he misses the crucifixion. He literally did deny. Well, here's what happened. Relying on his own love for God failed. It always will. But that's not the end of the story. Peter goes back to fishing for fish. He actually leaves what he was called to t and told to do, and in shame, he goes back to what he always knew. I could preach on that. I could do that. I could say this. When we're relying on ourselves, when we are relying on ourselves, we will always fail. And when we do, we know what we do? We always go backward. We go back to what's comfortable, back to that toxic relationship, back to that addiction, back to 
what's comfortable but not our calling. That happens, guys, when we rely on ourselves and we fall over and over and over again and everybody's got it in their mind. Yes, we do. That's what happens when we rely on us. But anyway, I'm not going to talk about that today. So Jesus shows up on the shore while Peter's out fishing again, okay? Peter and some of the dudes are out fishing again. I don't want to run through the whole thing, but just take my word for this, okay? You can look at it in the Gospels. They've caught nothing all night. A man shows up on the shore. It's Jesus. And he says, he caught anything? And they say, not so much. And he's like, all right, cast the net on the other side. And they could have said, how about we do the fishing and you do the preaching? We're the fishermen. <laughs> Whatever. Um, they throw it over and they catch, John says, 153 large fish. Okay. Peter recognizes it's Jesus. Dives in the water. Doesn't even take his coat off, I don't think. Dives in the water. Swims. Now, they were only about 100 yards offshore. They probably both arrived at the same time, but he got a good swim in. Okay. And he falls to Jesus. And um, I've got three slides. A conversation takes place. So here's the end of Peter's story. Mr. Reliant on himself. Ready? Jesus cooks some breakfast, and when they finish eating, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Which kind of he's calling back to that conversation, isn't he? Even if all of them fail, I never will, right? Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs. Next one. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Take... Love you. Take care of my sheep. Next. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time. He said, do you love me? Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Now I'm going to drive us straight into weird town right now. And I'm excited. I'm very excited. Okay. I've heard this before. I've heard rumblings and shakings of this conversation before. But I actually had to go yesterday, you can ask Melanie, and I dissected the words in Greek. You can do that nowadays. Go to Bible Hub and put in a linear, interlinear, something like that. I basically look it up in Greek. I did. And there's so much more going on in this conversation than our language says. Do you want to know what's really being said here? It's way crazier. Brian, let's do this piece by piece, brother. Okay. The first question, he says this, do you love me? Okay. I love pizza, I love my dog, I love Jesus Christ. One word for all three of those? Really? English language? The same way I love pizza, I love... No. In Greek, there's four words for love. You don't need to go through all of them, but I'm just going to do this for you, okay? Agape is the one being used here. Agape first shows up in the New Testament. Agape means a sacrificial, all-encompassing, the way God loves us love. Everything. Center of it. The way, you know what? Actually, the word picture I get is someone standing underneath a waterfall. That's really what I get. That's, that's, I like that, Bruce. I'm going to keep that. That's agape love. You don't actually see it in the Old Testament, which there's something there, but I haven't developed the point enough to be responsibly preaching it, so I won't. The other loves were, um, there's eros, which is erotic love. Just intimate, just just what you'd imagine, bedroom love. And then there's phileo or philo, which is brotherly love. That's where we get our word Philadelphia. Get it? You you with me? Okay. Now, this is important. You ready? Watch this conversation the way it actually happened. Do you agape me with all you have, a self-sacrificing, all-consuming love, Peter? And Peter replies, yes, I love you. I brotherly love you. I didn't make it up. I saw it with my own two ocular lenses yesterday. Next. Do you agap, agapas me? Yes, Lord. I philo you. Do you love me with all you have? I love you as a brother. Do you love me with all you have? I love you as a brother. Next. 
Do you phileus me? Do you brotherly love me, Peter? Lord, you know all things. You know I philo you. Did you know that? You, isn't that crazy? Well, Bruce knew it. You be quiet over there. You're the minority, mister. So most people here probably didn't know that there were different loves for that, okay? Here's what's important to me. Now, people, I, I, okay, people say this. A lot of people say this is um, the reinstatement of Peter, that he was out. And then because of this conversation, he was back in. But I would ask you this commonsensically, another word I just made up. <laughs> Who initiated the conversation? Good job. Good, yes, very. And he actually cooks a meal. Remember the power of cooking a meal with, some, with someone? Dining with them? It means you intermingle. Remember? Remember? Zacchaeus, come down. We're going to eat together. And everybody, <gasps> he just, okay. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies? Can I, can I cross-reference here and say that is a mingling of love? You didn't just sit and eat with anybody? That's why people threw... Anyway. So if this is a reinstatement of Peter and the whole purpose was three yeses because there were three denials then Jesus probably wouldn't have, wouldn't it have been Peter that had to crawl his way back to Jesus? Now, you ready for this? Okay, 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 okay. Peter, do you love me enough? No. Peter, do you love me enough? No. That's right. You cannot love me the way you need to love me, so I will come to where you can. Do you get it? And I'll meet you where you are. He didn't keep talking until he said, yes, fine, I agape you. He didn't. He came to where he was, letting him know this is not what you rely on. Get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? Am I building it? Am I doing okay? This is not what you rely on because, Peter, you can't get here, can you? You said that you would love me to the end and you build in a few hours. You can't love me the way you're supposed to, Peter. But do you love me with what you have? Lord, you know all things. You know I do. This is what I've got. Exactly. Don't rely on your love for me. It's my love for you. I'm here, aren't I? People, like I said, will say, this is the reinstatement of Peter. Peter, I don't think he was ever unstated. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. Because if that's the truth, then it's about Peter's best efforts, isn't it? And what do we see? It cannot be about his best efforts. Let me do this for you guys. We are commanded, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength and mind, right? Several places in the Bible. Do you agree you've read that before? All right, now who here has ever done that? Well. All right, who here has ever done that well for five minutes? Nobody, right? But you're commanded to do it. Do you know who did do it well? Say his name. Jesus did it, guys. No, love God with all he had. Jesus was the only one who loved him with his mind, body, soul, and spirit. Do you get it? Right? So again, you've got Peter's approach to the gospel the good news of Christ Jesus and what he did. And I'm going to try, I'm going to try. Treadmill, treadmill, treadmill. Oh, why do I keep failing? And Jesus goes, you can never love me the way you are commanded to. You've got to live in, in, in the center of my love. And that's what you lean on. And that's who you are. Did I just make this up or do you see, are you tracking with me? Are we seeing this? Isn't that awesome? God, I'm excited. I don't know if you can see it on my face. I love this stuff. That's so cool to realize that. I, there have been times, you know, you go to a conference, or even here. I love doing this, obviously. I did good for God for like two minutes, and then, <laughs> then I had that thought. Ugh. You know, or that urge, or whatever it may be. And isn't it amazing that it's not about you? And I always say this, too. 
if it was about Peter's best efforts, then we're all going to be celebrating Peter, aren't we? Good job, brother. Up in heaven, fist bumping, high fiving. Not going to see much of that in heaven. The only fist bumps are going to be to the one who overcame Jesus Christ. Isn't that cool? And I sit there, and guys, can I tell you something? I'm going to go probably five minutes over today. Not that there's ever been a set deadline. I do that to myself. Um, I There's very few things in this life I fear, but can I tell you something? I fear teaching wrong stuff up here. I really do, if you know me. I, I would use the word tremble. Like There's oftentimes I'm like, Father, don't let me say stuff that's not true. Because I'm coming up with this stuff like on my own. I heard a guy the other day, I don't even go off on this one. I disagreed with one of the most worldly renowned pastors in the world. I disagreed with him on something, and it seems so obvious to me what he missed. But I'm like, who am I? Bearded dude who lives in Parrishville? Like, come on, man. This guy's a professor of blah, 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 blah. But man, you know what? When my conclusions always come to how great is our God and how not great are you, can I really be wrong? I didn't, I mean, I really, I just stripped all the power away from us. Nobody ever said try harder. I said be loved better and be transformed. Be, be, be by his love. So I'm suspicious that even though I'm, I'm going to take you even to weirder town for this next one, but I, I'm, I'm suspicious that when it stops being about you and it's about Jesus, I think that's always right. Can I get an amen on that one maybe? Because that's the only thing, like I said, that keeps me chasing these rabbit trails that he, he seems to be sending me on. My value, my place, my walk with him is not my love for him. It's his love for me. One more thing to knock the religion off you. This one's going to be deep. So, <clears throat> how we relate to him, we have to look no farther than the Our Father prayer. I'm going to wrap this up here in a second with this. You got the Peter way and you got the John way. Um, yes, let me look at some slides. For anybody who wonders about their prayer life, let me help you for a second. Okay, prayer is a conversation, prayer is a dialogue. Two different ways of approaching. We're doing Peter and John still, okay? Matthew 6, 7. When you pray, don't keep babbling like pagans. They think they'll be heard because of many words. Next. Don't be like them. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, listen. That doesn't mean don't share your heart. In fact, it's the opposite of that. These guys used to stand there, and there's, there's several things. They used to say the names of all the gods, uh, to which maybe one will answer my prayer. Obviously erroneous. And other things, they thought that there were certain prayers they had to say, which ironically, he then gives us a prayer that people go, this is the prayer you have to say. You follow me on this one? Jesus goes, don't do the form and ritual prayers. Don't. Some would say these are high prayers. You know what's a high prayer? Anytime you're conversing honestly with God. There's one, guys, there's one criteria for prayer. Honesty. No, I'm, I'm serious. You can use, I mean, uh, open up Proverbs. Open up Psalms. Where are you, Lord? Help me, God. God, you're awesome. I want to dance. Every emotion on the human spectrum. It's just got to be honest. Form and ritual, they're not going to cut the mustard. That's you trying your best. So, how do you? Some people think they're going to be heard because of their many words. But I tell you, come to God and say, Father in heaven. Now, Father, I've told you this before. The word he's using there is Abba, which people thought it meant daddy. It doesn't mean daddy. It means dad, dad. It's the first utterance of a child before they can form. So it's not Alex saying daddy. It's a baby going da, 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 da. That's what Jesus just called Father God. And he says this. You can approach God because of what you think will help you be heard. Or you can say daddy which one do you want to go you want to go on merit or do you want to go on the basis of relationship 
Right? Peter or John. Now, when my kid runs in the room, what do you think he's coming on? Relationship. Daddy, can I? You, you have access to your father at all times. Absolutely. You're my son. You have access. So here's the thing. I have a few thoughts on this one. When you say Abba Father, you're saying, you're my dad. You're my source. You're my provider. But you're my dad. That's why I'm approaching you, because you're my dad. And number two, you ready for this? You're also saying, if you say Heavenly Father, you're saying, I'm your son. Or you're saying, I'm your daughter. I don't know if that hit you guys, but starting a prayer by saying, I'm your son. It's me, your son. Isn't that cool? Is that a John or a Peter way of approaching things? That's a John way of approaching things, right? Isn't that cool? I don't it's me. I'm your son. So here's the finale. Are you excited? I'm excited. Let's do this. Let's see this. I want to... I can... The Bible is the inspired word of God. This is not literature. And I want to just show you what I'm talking about. What did I say John's name meant? Do you remember? Nice. You were paying attention. Didn't know there'd be a quiz, did you? There is. What I say Petros? Peter? What's Peter's name mean? Okay. Now, do you know what... Um, no, let's do this. <laughs> Little Rock, Arkansas? Um, okay, so there's always three. Let's go to the next slide. I think we just have a slide, right? Okay, I want to show you an occurrence that took place. Hang with me for two more minutes here. The inner three. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him. They were always the ones that went for the most important things, by the way. And he led them to a high mountain where they were all alone. There, there he was transfigured before him, before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. So all of a sudden he reveals his glory and we call it a transfiguration. Let me really hit this home to you today. So you've got John, God's grace, Peter, the rock. You also have James. Now here's what's tricky about this, ready? Remember how King James is the one who had the Bible translated into English? Well, James wanted his name in the Bible. This is, not, this is historic fact. And so he took the name Jacob and he changed it to James. The book of James, for example, is the book of Jacob. Okay? So it's actually Jacobon. But anyway, with my own eyes yesterday, I looked at this. Now I want to show you what's happening on this mountain. I want to show you this is the final point I've got today. This is going to hammer this thing home, okay? The name Jacob means, or Jacob, one who supplants, okay? In other words, Jacob in the Old Testament, he supplanted his brother, didn't he? Uh, supplant, did I write that down? Oh, I, I did here. So on the mountain, we have three men with Jesus as his glory is revealed. Let's go piece by piece here and let's look at who, let's look at who's actually up there. We've got Peter, Petron, it means rock. The word picture there is the law. Did you know that? Hebrews very big on word pictures. Words, words meant pictures. I don't know how else to say that to you. Okay? So, Petron, Petros, rock, the word picture is the law. I'm giving you two in Greek and not Hebrew, by the way. Okay? So, we've got Peter. We've got John. Yonin, right? Means God's grace. These, I literally cut and pasted from a, from a Greek website. Okay? This is, they're missing some of those weird lines because it wouldn't transfer over. But anyway. Next. And we've got James, Jacobon. The supplanter, to trip up, overthrow, defeat, or dispossess. I took that from Webster's Dictionary, put Control-C, Control-V. I did not make any of this up. These are the three people that are on a mountain. Let's see, who, let's see when we put them together, what do we have? God's grace overthrows the law. Did I make it up, or did I just walk you through the Greek? 
That's awesome. They were always with him. The raising of the Jairus' daughter, Mike. This is who's walking around with him. You can't make this stuff up. God's grace overthrows the law. Can I, can I make a suggestion for you today? That's what needs to happen in your life. To go from Peter to John. That God's grace overthrows that law that keeps you tied up inside and keeps you from experiencing the love of Christ that would have you reclining with him instead of dancing for him and trying to earn his love. Can I get an amen there? And who's it about when God's grace overthrows the law? It's about the one who overcame, isn't it? So, y'all know the application today. It's staring you right in the face. <laughs> right? Get off the treadmill. Get off the treadmill and let God's grace supplant the law inside of us. We are to live and rest in his love for us. We don't work for him to love us. We live out of his love. And that's when we get about doing our works. Nothing can separate us from his love. So we are going to sing How He Loves as a team. This week, I want to challenge people listening online as well. Look into this stuff, even though you saw it right along with me. This is a very hard, difficult thing. Grace is a gift from God because of the goodness of God. Today, even while we're singing or you at home, ask Holy Spirit to identify anything that is putting up a wall from you receiving his love today. Ask him and ask him to remove it because there's one thing daddies love to do to embrace their kids and know, let the kids know that they love them, right? Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. God bless you and have a great week. You guys get ready to sing. <laughs>